Hello guys, uh, my name is Jonathan Smathers and I am here with one half of the For Film's Sake podcast duo, uh, nope. <laughs> Brian Archia. <laughs> uh, you might have heard me, I've been a uh, guest host on a couple of their episodes for, God, how long has the podcast been going been on? Years, a little yeah. over two years. You've, you've been like a, like a constant like guest a constant like every guest. four months. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's been a great thing to do with them um, and recently... I proposed the idea to Brian that we maybe branch off for film's sake a little bit and have a show that's more a little bit more centered around the writing aspect. Yep. Um, not necessarily just just screenwriting, but uh, all forms of writing. And uh, I know that's kind of what you're really into right now is screenwriting. Yeah, screenwriting's been my jam for like mm-hmm. the last maybe like six months. Just like really starting to get into it, reading scripts and sort of analyzing what they do, what they do right, what they do wrong, all that mm-hmm. mumbo jumbo. Mm-hmm. And I, I've learned quite a bit and I've written multiple things since then. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's just kind of like exciting to want to be able to talk about it. But I'm also a huge like literature guy and I read pretty much any form of anything. Uh, so I'm not just exclusive to screenwriting. That's just what I've been doing the most lately. And I think that's kind of what we want to do with this podcast. We want to talk, you know, not just about screenwriting, but all forms of writing because they're all very special in their own unique ways. For um, sure. I myself read a lot, uh, or at least I've been getting better about reading. I used to uh, procrastinate on that a lot, but I've... You've always struck me as a pretty good reader. Yeah, though. but I, I, I read, uh, it's very spaced. Um, I'll read probably like 10 chapters in, in like one day and then not touch the book for five, six days. So it's very weird, but I've been getting more into reading. Um, and this is our very first episode. We're yep. thinking of maybe turning it into a monthly thing, just one episode a month for right now till we sort of find the rhythm and maybe we'll release two a month. We'll just see how it goes. So this is sort of the intro episode and, uh, did I even introduce myself at the beginning? Yeah, you did. Okay, yeah, so cool. You introduced so yourself like, and this, you introduced who me. Who is this man? Um, yeah, just so, just so you guys know, this will release under the For Film's Sake. Like You're going to get it as a For Film's Sake notification, but it's an entirely new show. We're just distributing it through the, the same exact RSS feed. So you'll get this, but th- this won't affect any of the For Film's Sake episodes. Those will still come out the way that they want it to. Uh, this show, what's the name of the show? The this show? Yeah. We're gonna call it for writing's sake. For writing's sake. Keep it in that same kind of family. Are you are your is your level are your levels okay? Because whenever you're talking, uh, I probably just like it's just because we're like really zoomed out. Because uh, audition's kind of a bitch. See now I can hear you a little bit better. Right. Can you? Do I have to be like really high into the mic? That's bizarre. Uh, let me pause for a quick second. Okay, testing, checking it out. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Cool. All right, so we're back. Sorry about that. There was a there was a microphone issue. Okay, that tends to happen, especially in first episode of things. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I apologize if I sound a little uh, awkward right now. This is a very uh, interesting topic to me, and and I have so many <laughs> opinions and emotions about it. Uh, and I think in order for this to be a very successful podcast, I need to be. We both need yeah. to approach it with uh, a lot of transparency and. I'll be honest, at this, my ultimate goal is I would like to write. I would like to write for movies, television. I would like to write short stories. I would like to write, you know, novels. Um, But I have to be very honest with myself and say that I definitely don't consider myself a writer because I don't practice it really ever. That's one of the hardest things about mm -hmm. being a writer. Because a lot of us start out feeling that way. We're just like, we, we want to write, but mm-hmm. getting to the the idea, writing. The idea of writing is so uh, fascinating to me, but the actual act of doing it, I don't know. I've been so paralyzed by it. And I was reading a book recently, um, sort of just about making art in general, any form of art. And uh, a lot of young people, I think, even when they're in college or even when they get out of college, they get this sort of, uh, he called it an imposter syndrome. You think that yeah. whatever you put out isn't good enough or it's not even worth putting down on paper. Um, you might like an idea and then quickly think it's just garbage, garbage, not meant to be anything. And I and think part of that problem, I don't mean to interrupt, but I think part of that problem is that 
is the fact that we idolize writers, mm-hmm. you know, because we've been reading since high school, we've been reading this great works of literature, you know, The Great Gatsby, uh, what's another good book, The Scarlet Letter, mm-hmm. um, fucking Michael Ndaji, The Alchemist, all of this bullshit that we consistently put in as a standard. So when that, whenever, like, a young person reads that and they go, like, well, I want to write, they have to go, like, I want to write that. Yeah. Because that's the standard that we have, and that's just not realistic. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, that's part of the reason why we get paralyzed with writing so much, because I've been writing since I was, like, 13. Mm-hmm. And as stupid as this is to admit, the person that made me want to be a writer was Stephanie Meyer with the Twilight Saga. Because mm-hmm. I read the Twilight Saga, and as a 13-year-old, I went, like, she wrote it. I'm sorry, but I, when, I actually really, really loved the whole Twilight saga when it came out. Yeah, um, it was very fascinating. I loved it. Um, the books were great. The books were actually pretty Yeah, good. and of course, it, yeah, it got kind of stigmatized after yeah. all those movies came out. But I remember specifically, re- I think that and, of course, every Harry Potter book was Harry a Potter. very a big staple of everyone's childhood. But I think the ultimate goal for this podcast is to just get you know, it's also for my own selfish reasons, um, but I really hope that this can also connect to anyone else that's an aspiring writer and wants to listen to this uh, podcast. I hope that I can gain a little bit more confidence in myself and in turn instill a little bit of confidence in anyone else who's also suffering through, not suffering, it's not that serious, going through. I mean, it is when you want it to be your job. Yeah, true. Um, I just I was like, oh, that's so dramatic. <laughs> suffering. Suffering um, through this. So block. we're just going to kind of talk about how we would like this podcast to go, for, go with how, what kind of format we would like for the future. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think it's an interesting experiment in, in podcasting in general because podcasting is such a format. Mm-hmm. that's kind of open to everybody. And I think the idea of not having a specific format yet and sort of like start a thing and then figuring it out as it goes along yeah. and watch it evolve has always been like really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like what me and Christopher did on the For Film Sake side. We just kind of started a thing and mm-hmm. we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. A lot of good podcasts that I've listened to, I was telling Brian this earlier, that uh, great podcasts that are, you know, hundreds of episodes in, their first episode always feels very strange right. and uh, <laughs> and that you could tell they feel a little uncomfortable and not really knowing where to start. So I think that's kind of what I'm going through at this moment, but yeah. we're going to get through it and we we're, and we're going to get better. So the plans for the future episodes is we want to talk about all forms of writing. We want to talk about novels. We want to talk about, uh, screenplays, um, poetry, poetry, um, short stories. Uh, we want to have also maybe have a workshop segment where we may, uh, you know, Give ourselves sort of a a, a word uh, word so count, like a, assignment. like a word count goal or yeah. a topic to talk about. And one thing I would like to encourage uh, is if anyone else wants to get in on it as well and um, write a story about whatever we're writing about and submit it to us, and we can even read if we if time allowing, of course, we could read your story on the podcast and talk about what we like and what we didn't like. I, I want it to feel like a very big community, and I want us all to help each other if you are interested in doing that with us that would be amazing um because i'm always very open to advice on my writing whenever i do write and uh (laughs) i think it's just as a normal reader i can dole out some criticism or praise for whatever you might write so uh and I, i think it's important to note that a lot of um how do you say a lot of writing Writing is, is a solitary job. At the end of the day, when you sit down to write, you're doing it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of whether you're doing it by your partner or whether you're like sitting down with someone in the room and writing, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, writing is a very lonely job. You're in your head. That's the only place you're at, and you have to get the things in your head into paper. And that's a very lonely, exhausting thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think part of why I think this is an interesting experiment in podcasting is because if we, we want I, I think that alleviating that sort of loneliness that comes with writing uh, would help people like me and people like Jonathan um, who who sometimes get paralyzed about writing mm-hmm. because it is it is a very like simple type of paralysis because you're so in your head that you don't know how to get out of it. And so when you can get out of it, you, you sort of block yourself and you can't write. You seem to have uh, very recently, you know, been a, a, um, more proactive with your writing. I feel like you and I both went through kind of a, 
maybe a weird funk or that we've always kind of been in a weird funk, but you seem to have uh, been actually participating a little bit more. Um, in did, writing, yeah. Yeah, there's, was there anything that kind of well, the first thing that happened helped is, you make that transition? The first thing that happened, and this is going to sound really stupid, but I got a typewriter. Mm-hmm. Um, so now when I write, I'm a lot more disconnected from the world and I'm just more focused on the writing in general. Mm-hmm. So having that moment of like disconnection from Twitter, from Facebook, from Messenger, and just have a method of like going like, I'm going to go write and just going into a room and have nothing in front of you except the typewriter uh, has been amazing for productivity. I need to approach writing with that similar kind of mindset because I, as I mentioned earlier, I paralyze myself because I don't really know all the time. It's very rare that I do know what to talk about or what kind of story I want to tell. I really, the inspiration just doesn't hit me like that. And I hear, you know, all the advice is just, just start writing. Yeah. And but one thing I, I didn't I don't like about that side type of advice is to just say just start writing is I, I take it more as like journal journalistic and mm-hmm. I don't want to write like a journal I don't know I feel, I, I, I don't you want to write creatively yeah I, that seems sort of that doesn't really help me that much um, here's the thing I, I I think like starting a journalistic writing. It's not a bad idea to get into the groove of the process of writing, mm-hmm. even if it's not what you want to write. I think it helps a lot immensely. Um, but when people say write, uh, and, and this is this is advice that took me a while to do too, because it's it is definitely a weird process to like just sit down and then just write mm-hmm. a sentence that didn't exist anywhere in the world and you had no idea what it was, mm-hmm. and now you've written it and now you have to write another sentence to accompany it. Uh, it that's a weird process. It's not natural. Uh, and it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. because you don't know what you're going to talk about. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think people try to approach writing the same way that we approach public speaking, which is like we have to have something we want to say and then say it cleverly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but when people say just write, a lot of the times I carry a notebook with me that I write down stupid thoughts that I have, even like they're dumb. Like <laughs> uh, the other, like I found a notebook yesterday that the thought on it was uh, I went to a concert and I was standing room only, but there was a midget in the crowd. <laughs> and that fucking, that was a thought that I had. It made me laugh. I wrote it down. Uh-huh. Uh, so I might use that thought for something. Like, like what if I use that thought and I transform it into a love story between this midget and a dude. Mm-hmm. And they have to figure out how to love each other and like deal with each other's like life and challenges that they never faced before. And it just, it was born out of the stupid thought. Um, but just the idea of writing that thought down and then going like, Okay, I wrote that down in the page. What's the next thing that would logically happen? Mm-hmm. And then you write that down. Mm-hmm. And then you write, finish writing that sentence. And then you go like, all right, so do they talk now? What, what, what yeah, would they talk that's about? Yeah, that's a good way to approach it. I do have also have a similar notebook with just yeah. very random one-liners uh, for ideas. And uh, yeah, I, I, need, I need to do something like that a little bit more often. Sometimes it's like, sometimes they're really dramatic and you feel silly writing them. Mm-hmm. Like I wrote... The other day, like, I literally have a page with just the words, like, the night is thick with the absence of us. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Where are you going to write that, you fucking, like, dramatic asshole? Is what I tell myself every time I read it. Yeah. But it, I know that That's it's how I. That, no, I look up writing prompts a lot because, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is about a lot of you guys, but I hear all these filmmakers and, or, or, or novelists and they're just like... Oh yeah, I just I have so many ideas, just so many <laughs> ideas. I have notebooks full of ideas. I was like, where, <laughs> where? Because I, I I guess the term idea is, I guess I have ideas, but knowing how to execute them is uh, is a challenge. And I and I see writing prompts all the time for, you know, interesting things to you know, put in a story. But right. there is just something stifling about reading this prompt and then being like, oh, let me tell a story about this astronaut that was stranded in space. And, right. And uh, I just got to get better with my, I guess, my prose as well. Um, I, I, I think that this is the the paralysis comes from that idea of like yeah. having to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a professional writer by any means, right? But I've become comfortable with the idea of writing something shitty and just letting it be shitty. 
like not everything that you have to that you write has to come out being a good product mm -hmm. you just have to be comfortable with the idea of writing and if something good comes out of it then you go like okay fuck yeah something good came out of it but if something bad comes out of it you have to like be able to pull back from it and then go like okay this might be garbage right now but there's might be a gem in this page that i like and i can take that and i can sculpt away some of the garbage out of it and i can mm -hmm. find this little pearl mm -hmm. and 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 that's like being comfortable with that idea of writing is really important um because i think we get stuck a lot on like i have to outline everything i have to know what i'm going to write i have to know what my sequences are going to be i have to know what you know like if my idea is good enough if my, i have a good premise or i have a good hook uh I don't think, like, if, if we look at, like, let's look at famous movies, for example, like um, Back to the Future. That idea on, like, a one-liner sounds fucking ridiculous. Like, a young guy with a mad scientist for a grandfather must have to go back to the past to prevent, to prevent, to make sure his parents get back together. That's what Back to the Future is. That doesn't sound appealing to anybody, you know? Like, that line of, like, going back to, going back to the past And then making sure his parents get together. It's like, that's a stupid chick flick in, in like one line with time travel. Mm -hmm. Doesn't sound good to anybody. Uh, but someone had that idea and then they wrote like, all right, I have this. And I'm going to vomit out the words to mm -hmm. that. And then I'm going to see how this premise fits into this. And then I have to make choices. Yeah. And, and, and th that choice making process is the writing. Mm -hmm. The writing itself, I wouldn't say it's like, it's, it's typing it. Mm -hmm. The writing is making those choices once you've typed it. And once you've ironed it out, I think it's much more likely. I need to, yeah, I, I look, I really look forward to the, like the second stage of writing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I look forward to having already the words down and then editing it from there, making it something better than it, what it was. Right. Um, it, it is the initial starting that is, uh, <laughs> so it just feels so silly to talk about, like, like oh he wants to be a writer but he won't even write anything uh yeah and and and, and that's a really common yeah thing i gotta i, I that's what that and that's what i want to do with the podcast i want to give us our i want to give ourselves writing goals or mm -hmm. to tell a one-page story about a uh sort of any sort of topic we can think of and i think that's sort of uh the obligation aspect of uh writing and also having it with a podcast i think will really help me and also i encourage anyone that's wanting to write to also fulfill this obligation yeah there's a certain submit something to us to to read and we want to hear see your work and i want to share my work and brian wants to share his yeah. work and i know uh brian's very into scripts and right. we want to have script workshops as well we would um I've recently printed off a bunch of scripts that I've liked to read. I think I've only read one of them out of like eight. I, read, I, I did the same thing. I read two of them. I mm -hmm. read uh, Gillian Flynn recently, mm -hmm. Gone Girl, and then I read Baby Driver. And we're interested, like we're interested in being filmmakers as well. And I think, well, not as well. Like we want to be screenwriters, I imagine, yeah. or directors of any kind. And uh, but that's a th that's a that's another sort of interesting thing to talk about. Like as, as writers. Most of us are never going to be just writers. Yeah, you know, like we're writers, but we're also going to be either directing this thing, or we're going to be uh, helping shoot this thing, or we're going to be uh, sort of publishing this thing or talking about this thing somewhere else. Like we're never just writers, and uh, and and I think, and then going back to the sort of the paralysis of writing and why people feel like the sort of the sense of imposter syndrome. And I think that part of it, apart from being that idea of like when you go to school, you're in high school. And you're reading Tim O'Brien, the things they carried, and you're reading The Great Gatsby, and you're reading what's that other cunt's book? Uh, the <laughs> fucking uh, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird. You're reading that shit. You're reading Ernest Hemingway. Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, yeah. you're reading. If you're reading Hemingway, you're reading Michael Ondaatje. You're reading uh, Toni Morrison. You're reading all these people that are like amazing literature writers, and they've wrote capital L literature, mm -hmm. and, and they've sort of captured this amazing existential concepts into a book and now you as a writer are stuck that's all you know from such an early age that your your view of the ecosystem of writing is fucked because you think of writers as this sort of like mysterious brooding 
kind of like existentialist guys that for some reason have tapped into the ether of the world and they mm-hmm. can they can just write and they can like see a thing and they can just be like clack, 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 and then like something <laughs> mm-hmm. amazing comes out. Mm-hmm. But Hemingway did edits, but in edits and edits and edits of his most famous work, uh, of his short stories, he had an editor. Hemingway had a fucking editor. <laughs> mm-hmm. We all need an editor because all of our ideas, as good as they are, they're not going to be as great as they can be if we just work on them by ourselves. I want to, I, I, I want to tell yeah, like I, I want to tell great stories. Yeah. I and, and and I really do think I can. Uh, it's just a matter of getting past the paralysis. So that's why we're doing this. Um, we want to take it more seriously, and this is a good way to do that for sure. Um, what is your ultimate goal with writing? Like, do you what 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 if you what what would, what's the perfect job for you? For me, right now, uh, that it's 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 interesting because I I initially went into the whole film school thing, mm-hmm. wanting to be a director, mm-hmm. and I and part of me still really wants to do that, but I've been learning, I've been doing, I've been thinking so much about writing, that I think my perfect job right now would be to be a writer on a television series, um, because being a writer on a telly show forces you to work within constraints and time delays, and you learn a lot about the craft of writing for someone that is not you. Um, so I think right now, as someone that's fascinated by screenwriting and like the industry in general, I would say like writing on a, on a, on a television show would be an ideal job for me um, because I get to learn a lot about working in a theme of writers, working in a writer's room, and, and doing all this sort of stuff that feels creatively weird and sort of balance out the creative side of writing versus the business side of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but my ultimate end goal is to like write my own thing, and then shoot my own thing and direct it. And then yeah, that's it, that, right? that that's the appealing part to me. I would I would love to have been the. I would I, I'm very fascinated by writer slash directors, Paul Thomas Anderson, Christopher Nolan, Wes uh, Anderson, um, people that write and direct their own. Recently, Greta Gredwig. Yeah. Ladybird. Yeah. Um. I I, I think that's probably the ultimate goal as well. I would love to have created an original story and then said, all right, crew, let's make this shit happen. Right. And, and there's, uh, and, and I think you and I particularly suffer from, from anxiety and we're sort of neurotic yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that it's harder for us to have that sort of punk attitude that you need to make a film because mm-hmm. to make a film and especially independent film and to write it and to shoot it and to direct it, and to get together 27 people as a crew. Pretty goddamn. Pretty, pretty hard. But uh, yeah. Not only is it hard for us, but it, it seems arrogant. Uh, it's an arrogant and irrational idea to do for people that live in our heads like we do. Because, like, what makes this... St- why do I have to tell the story? Like, why, why am I the guy mm-hmm. qualified to tell the story? That's a thought that always goes through my head when mm-hmm. I'm writing one. I'm writing a gay romance right now. And I started... I had a first draft, 67 pages. And I, it was garbage. It was just bad draft. But I wrote a draft of a thing. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I did it for a class. And the class, we, we met once a week. And we had to write 11 pages every week for 11 weeks. And I cannot tell you how amazing that was to get you out of a writing paralysis. Mm-hmm. Because you have to do it. There's suddenly there's no, all right, maybe I'll just do seven pages. So mm-hmm. there's no, like, you have to. And especially, like, my teacher was Lon, uh, who's been on For Film's Sake. He's been, like, this great sort of mentor on writing and sort of doing what you Creative want to do. Creative influence, yeah. Uh, He's great. I, I love that guy, and I would, I would pay any amount of money I could to take a class with him about writing. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I never wanted to dis- sort of disappoint him. That's the thing. I miss, yeah. I, I miss homework. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I miss being told to do something. <laughs> as, as, as sad as that sounds, I'm, gonna, I'm a grown man, and I was like... <laughs> I want homework assignments. Uh, I was never that guy. Like, I was never good with homework. Mm-hmm. I hate homework. I hate the idea of homework. Because um, I, I was kind of, I'm not a good student. I'm really not. But something about it being writing, mm-hmm. and I just kind of go like, oh, no, I have to do this. And committing to an idea that you don't know if it's going to work creatively. For those 11 weeks, I said, because <laughs> we walked into class, and he said, pick a thing, and then you're going to be writing that thing for 11 weeks. I know writing itself is a very solitary act, 
But yes. do you think being in like you said like a writer's room or when it's when the overall when the overall just outlining of a story um is involved involves like a group, do you yeah. find that easier than sitting by yourself and and thinking of a story? I think it's or think of an idea. Mm-hmm. I think it's two different approaches. Mm-hmm. Um because when you're working in a group and I was recently in a writer's group uh for a thing that I'm writing, uh an animated TV show that I'm writing. Uh, we had a writer's room for that. And that's great. Like how many people? It was three people. Three it people? was me yeah. and two more. Um, so that that comes with its own set of challenges because now you have to accommodate um, time for debate that's not intrinsic, right? So someone comes, comes up with an idea and you go like, oh, I don't know about that. That doesn't fit with what we, the decisions that we already made. So we can add it, but we have to look back at our decisions and we have to make more choices and do that. So it's a, it's a lot of dialogue and it's a lot of conversing with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing about that dialogue and conversing with other people is that even when it gets confrontational, what's truly happening is that people are exchanging ideas. And there's a communication going on that normally wouldn't happen with yourself. And because there are other perspectives involved, you have to sort of be able to ground yourself in that environment and go like, this is my perspective. And you have to learn how to pick your battles and how to concede something and how to not let something go, mm-hmm. you know? And that, that's a challenge in its own right. Mm-hmm. And it's quite difficult to get that balance right. But when you do, and it ine- inevitably happens unless the writing group is inherently dysfunctional, uh, when you do that, you get a good story mm-hmm. coming out and you get an outline. And then after that outline and after that, those th- basic decisions are made, you can get to writing. Initially, one person, the way we did it, one of, I wrote the episode, and then we got together and we edited the episode. And so we were like, okay, well, I like this part. This part doesn't work. What can we do to fix this? That's so uh, helpful. It's so helpful yeah. to have someone that can just be very honest with you and tell you what works and what doesn't work. That's so crucial, I think, too. And, and I, have a, I have a philosophy in, in, in sort of writing's room that I think I'm going to carry with me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, in the writer rooms, there's no friendship. There's camaraderie. There's respect. But there's no friendship because uh, you can't be friends with someone who's at the moment with someone whose work you're critiquing in a level that's so honest Mm -hmm. because you have to be that honest. You have to be honest enough to go like, this is garbage Mm -hmm. and this is why. Um, So while I'm in a writing room, I tend to be a little bit rougher with what I say Mm -hmm. than when I'm not Mm -hmm. Um, because I want people to go like, I want people to understand what someone that's not a friend would think about this particular piece of work. So if, if we're in a writer's room and you give me an idea that I think is crap, and you say, listen, that, that's garbage, but here's why it's garbage, and here's why it doesn't work well we already have. If you rework it for something, it could work. Like That process is really good, and it's mm-hmm. really helpful. But you have to be willing to be kind of an asshole to the people you're writing with. And I, I consider you, you know, one of my best friends and mm. i kind of want this podcast to turn into something like that uh, yeah. it'd be nice to turn this into a a writer's room in a way and i want to hear you know when we are discussing what we've written the previous episode or since the previous episode and we're going over it uh live i, I want to hear what works what doesn't work right. um and I, I think that that can be very helpful and and i want other people to you know if they want to send us something and we can let them know the same thing. Um, so I think I know I mentioned writing and mm-hmm. directing is a, is a, is yeah. What is your ultimate? Um, I want to be a storyteller. Just, I, it does not have to be for film. I, I, I would like for it to be for film. I, right. I enjoy being on film sets and, and, just being involved any way I can with stuff like that. And actually seeing a visual representation of what you've created is very nice. Right. Um, but I think I could always explore writing a, a novel as well, writing a collection of short stories or shit, man, like all of it, you know, like I, I, yeah. I, I, I would love to do it all. I don't want to confine myself to just one medium. You know, it can be anything. Um, and that's I, the interesting thing about being a writer. You're, you write. So. I, I do think I have a, 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 a creative, like, voice. Right. And it's just a matter of vocalizing it and uh, getting it out there. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm sorry for any sort of uh, 
oddness in this episode. <laughs> I'm just trying. I guess I'm 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 trying to be informative, but also simultaneously come to terms with myself. And yeah, work through it. Work through any sort of yeah. uh, insecurities uh, that I might have. I think part of the reason why this isn't this is interesting is because it is much of a an outwards exercise as it yes. is sort of an inwards yes. one. I'm really exposing myself yeah. here. Like, <laughs> this just getting recorded. Yeah. And it's, and it's hard for and, it, and people are going to listen to it. So <laughs> that's yeah. very odd to me. You yes. know, like I, I was a guest on for film's sake so many times, but we, we just talk about movies. It's easy. Right. This is much more personal. Uh, it's something that I really struggle with and it, it just feels so silly to talk about, but I, I really do struggle with this. So and, and uh, let, let me tell you, it gets it gets way easier mm-hmm. the more that you do. Thank I, God, I've been yeah. doing it for two years. How awkward is the first? Yeah. Oh episode, my God, yeah. the first episode of Film Sake. Because as a guest, you know, I I can get I guess a little personal, but yeah. it's your baby, and yeah. you know, it's not just going to be about movies. You know, you want to share things about yourself on right. here. It's, it's your it's your. And on our show, we literally have a segment where we catch up and yeah. we rant about ourselves so, for fifteen minutes. So that 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 part's probably um, the first got, got couple more, of times got more and more comfortable. It's so difficult mm-hmm. to talk about yourself because mm-hmm. you're essentially screaming into a void. <laughs> yeah. And and sometimes the void doesn't scream back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's that saying that like you gaze into the abyss and the abyss get, stares back at you. It doesn't. It doesn't stare back at you. Mm-hmm. And for someone like me, that's worse than if it screamed back at me. Because <laughs> if it screams, I know someone's listening. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but if it doesn't, I'm just like, fuck, what was that about? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I talked about, I've talked about so many things that are so in my head that, uh, that people that don't know me can know me just yeah. from listening to those two years of catalog on the podcast. And I can track my own behavior mm-hmm. through that. It's very therapeutic. It's cathartic as fuck. See, it feels so fucking see, good. See where you came from. Where were you um, uh, two months ago? So good. It, it feels great, mm-hmm. but it's a terrifying process, mm-hmm. and it takes time to get used to it. So probably by the time we do this, like five times. I hope I hope like, a bunch of ins- equally insecure people are listening right now, <laughs> and we can take this journey together. <laughs> but uh, you know, Br- Brian and I, we we have a lot of you know connections to people that you know are involved in writing right. uh, of, of some form. Um, I know. A couple of screenwriters. Heck, my old uh, boss uh, from my old job is a uh, published author. Oh, like, really? You know, he, he oh, wrote, fuck yeah. No, yeah, you told me about this. Yeah, he wrote a short, wrote some short stories. Uh, I think it was like some fan fiction about uh, the um, Cabal novel, which is okay. a really gross book. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he wrote um, like a, a, a extended universe sort of um Short, short, short story but yeah it got published in like a collection of short stories from different authors so um fuck yeah and i also you know i've, I've recently been talking to a filmmaker who writes uh, his name's andrew huggins he mm-hmm. writes um scripts and submits them all the time i'm always seeing him on his instagram submitting to festivals winning awards for just scripts right. you know, nothing was filmed or anything so we definitely want to try to have more guests on the show. Yeah, for sure. people who are w- definitely well, um, well established, or at least confident, very confident in their in themselves when it comes to writing. Yeah, and knowing how to what works and what doesn't work for them, and all, seeing their process. Yes, and, 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 and learning a bit from them where they get their ideas from. Right. Um, what sort of stories they do like to tell. So we want to definitely want to have that on there, not just us constantly rambling about how. How hard, how hard life is. <laughs> so uh, I hope that can turn into something. Um, we didn't actually plan any sort of segments for this episode, but no, we're just going to as, talking as about we it, progress, yeah. we'll probably have maybe you know 20 minutes of this, 20 minutes of that. Um, right. I know we want to have script, um, script workshops cause, uh, I know Brian loves to look at diff- at scripts and we I can, do. um, maybe examine 10 pages or 20 pages of a certain film and uh, talk about what we loved and maybe that's even good, yeah. maybe we can even get some bad ones on here. I think that's another good way to learn. Get yeah, some, for sure. Look for some really horrible movies and get their scripts and <laughs> read them and be like, oh my God, yeah. This is why. This I can tell yet. this is going to be a really bad movie because look at this writing right here. What? Um, right. Or, 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 or on the terms of like writing uh, that's not film, I'm a huge poetry guy. Like I used to write poetry before I started with film. I used to write short stories before I started with that. Huge fan of Edgar Allan Poe. Huge fan of uh, my favorite poem is "O to a Nightingale" uh, by Johnny John John Keats. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So like, I'm not a stranger to any of those writings, and I think it's it's a good idea to like talk because you can learn. You, I think you learn best about screenwriting when you don't learn screenwriting directly. I think it all yeah. kind of ties in. Yeah, reading, just reading in general, I think can help in whatever it's you're really trying good. to do. You read novels, you get ideas for screenplays. You know, yeah. it 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 all ties in. Um, also, you know, one thing we never stop being is we never stop being fans um, of the professionals. So yeah. I, I love to, you know, would take some time to talk about what I'm currently reading. What am I liking about it? What am, what am I not liking about yep. it? Uh, I will take a minute. I, I'm currently reading. Um, <laughs> this is what I was talking about from the very beginning of the episode. Yep. I'm reading American Gods. I have been reading American Gods. <laughs> Since early November. I've been reading American Gods for five years. <laughs> I get it. Uh, and um, it, I love Neil Gaiman. Um, so good. He, he's probably one of, one of, if not my favorite author, but American Gods was considered his like, how do you say it? Is it magnum opus? Yeah, magnum opus. That's considered his, you know, his best novel. And I got to tell you, like, I'm really not that impressed with it. Uh I American Gods is not my favorite game and novel. Uh, I think it's one of it's one of, it's a really good novel, mm-hmm. but it's it's a brick, and he wanted it to be a brick, and he wanted it to be dry, and he wanted it to be a little bit boring. It is boring. Yeah. I, I gotta I, I can't deny that it's boring. I, I the main character um, I couldn't give a shit about him. Same. But maybe I'm missing something, and I've never been the one that reads a book over like a second time. Right especially if the book first read through wasn't as pleasant. So maybe I'll have to end up doing that. It's, I'm, I'm probably less than a hundred pages before I'm done with it. It definitely picks up. I made it to about 200 and, oh, before you're done with it. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm near the end and it's getting more and more interesting, but I felt like this shouldn't be where it was getting more and more interesting. It should have <laughs> right. gotten more and more interesting. <laughs> but I also want to note that I yeah. have a version of that book. That's 10,000 more words. Neil Gaiman re-released it. Oh, uh. Uh, in 2011, 10 years after the release, uh, oh, I don't the, know the original release, and he added 10,000 more words. I guess he brought back old drafts and yeah. put it in. And I, and I think I can kind of tell because there's long chapters that don't really necessarily need to be that me- long. mean anything. Um, but I, I could be reading the original material and just still be just be bored Here, by it. Here's the thing. I'm a big proponent, and me and Christopher have this talk a lot about Criterion movies. Um, because there's a lot of times on, on our show when we do a criteria movie that I fucking hate the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, and I hate it because it's meant to be, and not because it's, it is, but criteria movies are supposed to be like the best movies of the bunch. And I watch them and I just go, there's just nothing interesting happening here. There, It's just like, it's pretentious for the art of being pretentious, or it's got an idea, like a thematic that's obviously there for being faffy. And people just kind of like jerk their, you know, pseudo philosophical dicks off to it. <laughs> and so a lot of Criterion movies are that. So I'm never, I'm never against someone like reading something that's obviously very popular and then just going like, yeah, no, I just didn't feel it. They didn't, they didn't care for it. It didn't hit. It didn't land. That's fine by me. Like, I don't give a shit. I would rather have an honest conversation about why that didn't land and versus and why you thought it was bad versus you pretending to like it and then tell me like, oh yeah, no, it was good because of the same reasons that everybody told me it was good. Yeah. Um, I like that conversation more, which is why I never back down from Criterion movies is why I criticize them harder because they all tend to have the same mm-hmm. sort of, you know, pseudo-philosophical jer- jerk-off edge mm-hmm. to them. There was a movie that we watched. Uh, it was uh, The Vanishing. Uh, apparently it's a great fucking movie. It's in the Criterion Collection. I fucking hate it. I get, I get, I get very, you know, I, I think I've probably mentioned this before on the For Film Sake podcast. I get very jaded by reviews. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't like being told away how I should feel about a, a book, but also I can't look away from a review. <laughs> yeah. You know, American Gods has won like three of the best um, writing awards you can get. I think, I think the, they got a BAFTA. Some maybe. Yeah. I, think I, um, it, I remember it was three, like Nebula. Which I think is a really here. I, I I'm acting like I know if they're yeah. the best writing awards. They just sounded nice, and they, <laughs> and they mentioned it on the back of the book. I was right. like, "Ooh, the Nebula Award! I've never heard." of I that. I definitely actually. think it's one of BAFTA. I'm pretty sure it's one. I always of BAFTA. hear Pulitzer. Yeah, that's Pulitzer, always like my yeah, thing. That's a good one. Um, where was I even? What was I even talking about? Uh, oh well. That idea of like sort of 
engaging with something that's really popular and then not liking yeah, it. Yeah, and it makes me question my own intelligence. So like, oh, right. American Gods is not that good to me right now. Am, am, am I missing something? Right. Or is there something deeper in this writing that... You're not getting. Yeah, and, and if for some reason you totally disagree with my opinion, you think that American Gods, you've read American Gods and you think it's wonderful, uh, I want you to let me know. I, yeah. I, I want to hear what's so good about it and then maybe i'll notice something that i might have missed and th- and that's that's the exchange that a lot of writers and readers don't have mm-hmm. like people get carried away into like well this is good this is bad fuck you if you don't like it fuck you if you like it mm-hmm. stop <laughs> yeah i want to hear why you like something yeah. uh and, and and maybe uh my opinion will change and i'll see something that i never mm-hmm. noticed myself if you haven't read uh, The Ocean at the End of the Lane... I did. That was, my first, did that? that was the first one I read. That's my favorite Neil Gaiman book, The Ocean at the End of the Lane. I have a signed copy of it somewhere. See, I read... You met him, right? Yeah, I met him. He's a fucking sweetheart. I He has such a, a magnificent voice. Oh, yeah. Like, he read to us in the convention. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, I hope he does like all the audiobooks for his stuff. <laughs> I was going to go to Cleveland in March to go see him because... Um, so that, that shit sells out. Cincinnati. Like no, since I was going to go to Cincinnati. That sold out in under an hour. Yep. But Cleveland still had seats left. And I originally was going to go. And then it found out it was a, a nine-hour drive. And uh, <laughs> it's like, I love you, Neil Gaiman. But Fuck that. My favorite Neil Gaiman book has been uh, Good Omens. Good Omens was really no, fun. Good, o- Good Omens was very fun. Yeah. And they're also making it into a show comes out like sometime this year yeah but probably stardust was my favorite stardust, i haven't read, i saw the movie stardust was the perfect length um he wrote the screenplay for the movie too you sure Game he did i think so yeah oh, i don't know I'm pretty sure but the book was you know was small um but one of the best fantasy books i've ever read and i don't think i've even read that much fantasy uh neil gaiman has, has a really good handle on that sort of like weird He's got a very interesting, just reading American Gods. Like, I got to respect the man's imagination. Uh, But I love how he writes, though. Like, the way that he, uh, this isn't a Neil Gaiman soundtrack episode, but, like, the way that he sort of communicates things. He, like, gives you an idea, and then he gives you an analogy to the idea that seems fucking, Mm -hmm. like, why the fuck is that there? Uh, (laughs) Like, uh, I think one of his lines, and I don't remember, but it has something to do with weight. And he said that he fell down like a bag of bricks in space. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the fuck, Gaiman? <laughs> you That's know? so strange. Uh, he's got those weird little analogies and really clever ways to make you think of something that like doesn't make sense to explain something that does make sense. Uh-huh. And that's really why I love him. I just find myself giggling at his word choice. Uh, and even when, even when he's given writing advice, uh, one of my favorite writing conferences is him uh, being told uh, he's he's given a uh, what what are those graduation speeches those commencement speeches, he's giving one of those, and he's talking the story about how some lady once asked him for advice on how to write, and then he said, listen, if you don't know how to do something, just pretend to be someone that does, <laughs> and then do it. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so he's got this sort of like whimsical brain. So guys, I am Stephen King. <laughs> yeah. And uh, get ready. Yeah. Sooner or later, you'll uh, <laughs> you pretend to be Stephen King for long enough. Sooner uh, or later, you'll be just like, I guess I'm Stephen King now. Yeah, I guess I'm right. Stephen King. Uh, and and there's a truth. There's a like. There's a truth to that too. Mm-hmm. Like, if if you can't do something, be pretend to be the guy that can do it, mm-hmm. and you'll learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it, by saying that, I think what he's really saying is, let go of your insecurity of not being able to do it, and just try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I think that really. That's means. that's something I definitely need to hear. Yeah. And, 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 and that's a, this is an interesting thing to talk about anyway. I'm a huge fan of Dan Harmon. Mm-hmm. I think he's my favorite, he's my favorite like, working writer in the television circuit right now. have not seen Community. I've seen Rick and Morty. I'm a huge fan of Rick and Morty. But I'm not a fan because of the shows that he writes. I'm a fan of him as a person in the writing community. Because um, when, he, when he writes... Uh, he's he's not being pretentious. He's not being faffy. He's writing very. I don't want to say honestly, but he's being this kind of person that that, that doesn't take himself too seriously, and uh, and 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 I think that's part of the reason why we get paralyzed. Like re- up until recently, I was kind of like paralyzed in that way, and I wrote an article about this and how Dan Harmon changed sort of my approach to writing. Mm-hmm. And part of that thing was like I I, I saw a, a video that he was talking about. 
procrastination in writing and why we don't write and why we like to wait till the last minute to write and why writers have that bad habit of waiting till the deadline is right there to do it. And, uh, and it's really because it forces us in an environment that we have to get it out instead of being in a comfortable relationship with our writing mm-hmm. um, because our toolbox is fucked up. And, and part of the reason our toolbox is fucked up is because we take ourselves too seriously as writers. Uh, and, 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 he's, and I think the quote that he said was like, I mean, you can wait till the last minute and just wait till you have to get it out until your career is at risk. Or alternatively, you can just stop taking yourself so seriously and get it out. Yeah. Because we as writers are always concerned about the quality of a thing. Yeah. But when we go home and we watch television, we don't try to, we don't watch the shitty things. We watch the good things, right? So we know what's good and what's bad. And essentially what he says is like, you just write a thing, you just write something, and then just criticize it until it's good. And I don't think the goal, yeah, the goal never needs to be, of course, we're all human beings and we, we want something to come out of, you know, a hobby that we're into most likely. Right. I, I, of course I would like to be known famous for my writing, yeah. but, uh, well, we're never going to get there in the first. Yeah. Try. It just needs to be more of a, just enjoying the whole process yeah. and, and if, taking and, shit as it comes and taking yourself less seriously mm-hmm. is, is part of that process. So I want to do, I definitely want, uh, to def uh, absolutely get better at that yeah. as as the weeks progress as the episodes progress, yeah. but um I'm thinking I don't know how long we've been going but forty six minutes wasn't it longer because of the uh did we have did we have to no re- we paused, restart just continued okay on the, on the same thing so we're good well yeah so we'll probably have some guests um <laughs> <laughs> I was like let's stretch this out a little bit longer. Yeah. No, we'll probably have some guests. Um, we'll have script workshops. Um, we'll do um, just writing workshops in general. Yeah, writing workshops like, in general. Assignments. I want. I want people to submit if you feel the need to. I would love to read your work. And an idea that I debated. I don't know if we're gonna do it. It's like we we both have Medium accounts. So we're both we're both huge fans of Medium uh-huh. as a platform. So. If we do like a like a, uh, a script workshop or something like that, we'll probably end up posting. Yeah, that'd stories. be good. We 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 can figure out how we're gonna um, also what can, who you can submit to. Right. I guess what 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 email you could send those to, and um, we could also communicate on Medium. I think that's a good way to yeah. uh, get a sort of a get get the writing podcast out there more as well. Yeah, and get more listeners. Um, but yeah, I don't really know what else to talk about for this episode. Do you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I I think that like the uh, the most important thing, like I'm not uh, like I said, I'm not a professional writer by any means. Mm-hmm. I'm a writer because I write things, um, but I haven't gotten particularly paid for writing. Doesn't mean I'm in the professional circuit at all. Mm-hmm. I just want you guys to know that we're not talking as people that get paid to write. We're talking as people that enjoy writing, enjoy reading, and we want to facilitate that progress for ourselves. And we want to facilitate that progress for you guys as well that are interested in writing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's fucking terrifying to sit down and write. And I think part of the reason why it's terrifying is because uh, we have to be vulnerable. And people like you and I, that's a really hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. Because anxiety tells us to not do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just like whatever you're thinking about vomiting out and feeling about yourself and selling it on the page, don't do it because it's going to kill you later. That's what our brains tell us usually. Um, and we, we, we have this insecurity about just like, wh- why should people care about what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that working past that is, is a huge thing to do. I think over the years, I've become very guarded of my, like guarded. Um, I don't really reveal much about myself online or anything. Uh, and I And I think I've always considered that there is something that I want to say, and I, I, I do want to expose myself <laughs> to the... <laughs> I do want to uh, sh- display a side of me that I've never really shown before, and, right. I, and, and I thought this was a great idea to do that, a uh, great way to do that, and, and that's hopefully gonna I'm going to... I'll get better at it, yeah. and... And that's going to be really Other people will be able to work through it as well and i think that's the biggest goal 
for the show. Like, yeah, it is a selfish endeavor because we're using it as a way to like progress mm-hmm. our own writing. But at the end of the day, we just want to create something that other people can relate to. There's no better feeling in the world. I haven't made a movie, a film, a short film since uh, June of right. 2017. And I can remember I worked on it with Cagney and it was one of the greatest feelings that I've ever had in my entire life. There were problems with the film um, in terms of, you know, editing or the overall just look of it, you know, lighting and stuff. There's, there were so many faults um, (laughs) and stuff that could have been fixed, but I got to tell you, there is no greater feeling than to have an idea and to bring that idea to life. Whether you're a singer, a songwriter, a, a, a poet, a writer, a, a novelist, a screenwriter, a director. There, there's no greater feeling than because I think we're all, no matter what anyone says, I think we're all, we all naturally are creators, and it's just a matter of tapping into that yeah. and and figuring out what figuring it is out what afraid. what you want to say. And I think we all have something we can say. And I will say this: I have kind of figured out my philosophy, not my philosophy, but like sort of the ideas that I tend to say and what I write. And a lot of it is, is, is like social rebellion. It's, you know, when you look at the world and someone does something f- because it's a social contract mm-hmm. and they do it and you're like, why the fuck did you do that? <laughs> like, why? Like, why at every time, every time I go to a restaurant, why do I have to pretend to be nice to the lady that's just doing a transaction? Like, can we just like sit, hey, what do you want? I want a fucking steak. And then that's it. That's the transaction at its core element. The transaction of ordering a steak at like Outback Steakhouse is you sit down, someone walks up to you and is like, what steak do you want? And I got like a sirloin or a ribeye. And then the guy's like, I got it. Medium well? Yes, that's it. That's it. That's fucking it. That's all you need. But we have to go through this process of like, hey, 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 man, how you doing? How's your day going? Is it good? Yeah, good. Yeah, my wife left me the other day. It's kind of rough. Just want a ribeye. Stop. I don't give a shit. Just give me the meat. I'll give you, I'll give you the money and we're fucking done with it. We're, that's our lives. Uh, social contracts piss me the fuck off. I hate them. Uh, so that <laughs> that's kind of like what I tend to write against. And so like I think that the gay romance it's that at its core because uh-huh. um, it's a very sort of heathery, uh, sort of heathers like antagonist uh, with a sort of very like guy that submits to social contracts. Mm-hmm. Right? You definitely need to share. Uh, as, as are you still working on it currently? Oh yeah, I got eleven pages that are pretty bad but they're 11 pages mm-hmm. they're exactly they're yeah. there it doesn't matter uh, at this point yeah they're there i think the most important thing about writing is that you have to stop being satisfied with the writing and start being satisfied with the fact that it exists yes that, I, I, that. I, I when i read your Harmon article i noticed that's what one thing he admitted or right. just talked about just the fact that it exists should be good enough for right now yeah that uh, thing, that's a, the first step <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it has to exist before you can do anything yeah else. And uh, so, like, that, that gay romance, I think, is born out of that. Because, like, what's more, like, I think, rebellious than being a gay kid in the middle of a small town while you're in high school? Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's not, uh, there's a punk rockness to that idea of, and, like, fuck you, I'm gay. And I like that because it's telling everybody around you, that I don't give a shit <laughs> what your social contract is. I'm just going to go and I'm going to do my own thing. You- and I have to learn how to do that. I strongly encourage you. Uh, you've already started it. Keep yeah. keep keep adding to it, and then bring it on the podcast. Talk about yeah. what you want to. I mean, we can we can ta- talk about it. Talk about some pages as soon as you want. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Um, but it it is like the the typewriter thing. Mm-hmm. Just to reiterate, like the typewriter disconnecting from any possible source. That's a good method. I, I recently got a typewriter too, um, and I know there's five or six listeners that are just thinking we're hipster fucks. Oh, yeah. but, uh, I can suck my dick. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. It helped. But yeah, Mine's th- a 1941 Royal Arrow. And I'm telling you that because it's all the shit. I think mine's right. from the 60s. Yeah, yours probably from the 60s. It's uh, Smith they're, Corona, so, right? they're so stupid expensive. Yeah. Uh, but yes, there is something about... Because with so much activity around us and all these different distractions that we can get wrapped up in, it's, it's very easy to... Uh, procrastinate and be uh deviated from a task so being able to sit just in front of work in front of keys and paper and ink that's and just have it exist and that can be great um another good thing that i do i did this with my friend alexandra 
Uh, she's in Manchester now, so I can't do it again. But we sat down just a whole day, just took a whole day, whole Friday. And I went over to her place and we played vinyl. We brought each our, each brought our typewriters and then we just sat in front of each other and we just hit keys. Just That's wrote. awesome. And uh, she wrote three novel chapters and I wrote 11 pages. It was the most productive writing day I've had in such a long time. And part of that helps because you see someone writing in front of you. So you're like, fuck, I have to. Right? Yeah. So all the, the pretentiousness or, or all the assumptions that you make as a writer are gone. Like, God damn, she's going fast. <laughs> yeah. I got two words. Especially uh, with a typewriter because uh-huh. they sound loud. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you have to catch up. Uh, that was really, really helpful uh-huh. because you sort of get taken out of your comfort zone. And when you're taken out of your comfort zone, you find your, you find reasons to not distract yourself. You find reasons to just sort of take in the moment. Yeah. And you find reasons to focus on the action line that you're writing mm-hmm. and what you're trying to say. And at the end of the day, because it's such a lonely activity, when you're burnt out, you go, you get a cup of coffee, and then you come back, you have a chat with the person that you're writing with, you read what you're writing. It's like, hey, man, that's pretty cool. That's fucking great. You give each other suggestions. And at the end of the day, it's been nine hours. You come out with 10, 11, 12, 15 pages, and you just feel like you have the biggest dick on earth mm-hmm. because you've written that amount in seven hours, which are normally rendered two or three pages for most people when they're by themselves. And the pages aren't good. I can tell you those pages have more red marks than they got black ink on them right now, but they're fucking there. Gotcha. And, 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 and that, that's a really good, also, like a really good way to to make writer le- writing less lonely. And it's just mm-hmm. like, sit together with a friend that wants to write and then do it. Just fucking do it. And let it suck. Let it be bad. Read each other's work. Critique it. And then just go like, all right, that exists now. And then don't touch it for like X amount of time. Just don't fucking touch it. I'm trying to be on your level. You, you yeah. seem to have gotten it all figured out and, and I don't yet. Yeah. I just but, say things confidently. <laughs> no, yeah, you, you're, you're very assertive. Like I, you'd be a good uh, motivational speaker. Yeah. You should have a TED Talk. <laughs> um, thank you uh, but, yeah. But, yeah, but yeah no definitely just like sit down with someone it doesn't have to be someone that's writing there's someone doing a creative thing yeah absolutely sit down with a painter sit down with a like a drawer a sketcher whatever the fuck just sit down with somebody and do your creative work together and, and then just revel in it revel in the fact of creating something and I think that that's, gonna, that's a huge step it's not how you get rid of the insecurity but it's a huge step in getting rid of it I uh I think, um, you know, we're obviously going to reach out to some people that we know are right. pretty established and want to come on. But I think I also wouldn't mind extending like an open invitation to someone that might be listening and thinks they, whether you are a songwriter or a, just writing for fun or a aspiring screenwriter, I wouldn't mind if you feel like you want to come on and talk about something with us. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I'd be, I'd be willing to bring you on as well and we can just talk together on the I, podcast so yeah i think at the end of the day this is a podcast about the creative process yeah uh that's like kind of the core i, I just like hearing uh from a bunch of different perspectives yeah. so yeah if you ever feel like this is something you'd like to do reach out to us yeah it's, we'll, we'll fucking do it yeah but um, i think we're approaching the i think for right now keep it we want to keep them under an hour yeah so i'm good with that thank you guys for listening uh I know I sound like a, a scared little bitch right now, and that's because I am. <laughs> You'll be all right. But we got Kinetic Sand, though. We've been playing with Yeah, I've been time. playing with Kinetic Sand this entire hour because <laughs> I'm a nervous wreck all the time. That's okay. Okay. But uh, I'll get there. We'll, we'll get all it. get there. We'll get it. We'll take this journey together. Fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're going to probably look for some cool artwork for the podcast, too. Yeah, and some music. Uh, yeah, I cannot wait to add this music. Yeah. Well, they would have already heard it at the beginning. They would have, yeah. Okay, well. We I, haven't. We have no idea what the music We have no idea like. what kind of music we picked, so. Um, but you're welcome, because it's probably going to be pretty lit. Yeah, it's going to be Liddy yeah. Liddy McTitty. Liddy McFuckingTitty. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll probably come back in February. Yeah, well, we'll be back. Episode. Uh, and, and uh, uh, talk about writing. Some, so we'll talk about something more specific. Yeah, we'll like have more. We'll have a more solid structure for the next episode. Yeah. But thank you guys very much. Cheers. It was a lot of fun. Uh, see you in another week or yeah, for yeah. Take. See you in February. That's gonna be weird now because like now I'm gonna have two shows to like where I'm at. 
So it's gonna like I'm yeah. gonna fuck up at least one time. Uh-huh. I'm gonna fuck up which show I'm saying <laughs> bye on. And I almost said uh, you can find us on Twitter at FFS Podcast. Oh yeah, we'll probably we'll we'll, we'll slowly establish. Not slowly, we'll do that really quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> find out what email you can contact us through and yeah. what sort of websites and. Uh, Thank you, lovelies. Thank you guys very much. We'll see you next episode.